Good morning, everyone, and thank you very much, Etienne, for those very kind words. I feel like I have to say lots of nice things now. <laughs> um, but no, Fred and I love being part of this family. I think when God asked us to come here, we had no idea what he wanted to do in our own lives, and so it's really been a blessing to be here, and I'm very excited to share the word. Um, so I hope that you've all been following the, the sermon series that we've been been busy with. If you haven't, you're welcome to go to the website. The podcasts are there. But I know the last couple of weeks has really blessed me and challenged me at the same time. And so has this word because I I had to preach it to me a couple of times first as well. But this morning we're continuing with our series, The Upside Down Kingdom. And we're looking at how the king that Jesus is, is, wasn't the king that they expected firstly, but secondly, in our lives, sometimes he does things completely different to how we expect him um, to do things. And so I'm going to share a story before I start, just about a good friend of mine. I have her permission to share. Um, she lives back in KZN. For those of you who don't know, I come from Margate, which is why I can't eat the Afrikaans style prate, okay? <laughs> but... Um, She's a very good friend of mine, and they've been going through a really rough time with their daughter. So their little girl is, I think she's about six or seven years old, and she has something in her body which I'm not going to even try and explain because I don't know if I understand it. But she has something in her body that whenever she gets something like a flu um, or some, some kind of virus, she really her body takes it very badly, and she ends up in hospital. And so she's been in hospital three times um, for this severe um, ailment, for lack of a better word. And so a couple of weeks ago, my friend added a whole bunch of us to a prayer group and just said, can you please pray for my daughter? And obviously, you're trusting for a miracle. You're trusting for Jesus to come and um, do what you want him to do, right? And so she just shared that her little girl's faith was so beautiful and so amazing. She was just like, mommy, Jesus has got this. It's going to be okay. But she as a mom was really, really struggling um, just with this whole journey. And so while she was asking us to pray during these tests, she sent us a message that really touched my heart. Um, I'm just going to read it for you. I believe it's on the screen as well. So she, I'll just read it from there. She says, yes, this is the third time our daughter had to go through this, and she's been my biggest support system. I've realized that I'm going on a journey with God, and her final destination would be healing. But God wanted me to embrace the journey that he set before me. She shares James 1, 2, consider it a joy when you go through trials. And she carries on and says, God was perfecting or healing something in me. He wanted to do a greater work within us than just to heal. That's a huge thing to say as a mom, than just to heal my child. A miracle would have been a wow moment and definitely my timing, but would it have done the deep work in my heart that God wanted to do? And so God had just given her this perspective that I'm busy doing something more. And I'm sure all of us can sit here today, maybe we've got situations currently that we're busy facing, difficulties. We're asking God, come through for me in this way, come do this for me. But maybe we need to stop telling God (laughs) what he should be doing and ask God, what do you want to do? Because I'm sure whatever it is, it's going to be a much bigger, much greater work in our lives. If you think about the Jewish nation um, that Rudo spoke about three weeks ago when he spoke about the unexpected kingdom and the unexpected king, this nation was waiting for a Messiah that would come and set them free from the Roman oppression, come and make their lives better, come and give them their freedom back. And Jesus did come, 
But he came to do something so much bigger. He came to take care of a much bigger evil. He came to sort out their own hearts and their own sin and what kept them from Jesus. And so this morning, as we go to the Word, I want to ask you, I want to invite you, won't you hold up whatever situation you're facing at the moment? Maybe it's a sudden one. Maybe it's been coming for a long, long time. Won't you lift it up and ask Jesus, in light of His Word, in light of what He's doing, won't He speak to your heart and encourage you with it? So before we go to the Word, let's quickly pray. Father, I want to thank you that your word encourages us, it shares truth with us, it lifts us up, it corrects us, God, but it also strengthens us, Lord, and it helps us to walk the hard roads. And so this morning as we read your word, I pray that we would be um, lifted up this morning through your word and that you would come and do whatever it is that you want to do, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you've got your Bible here, you can turn to Mark 5. We're continuing in Mark. We've been there the last couple of weeks, and we're going to verses 21 to 43. So these are two different stories, and it's quite a big chunk of Scripture, so we're going to break it open um, as we go. So let's go. Verse 21. It says, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. So let's just get this picture quickly. There's this religious ruler, the ruler of the synagogue, if you know who his friends and his buddies are, they are the other religious people of the day. They are the same people that have been opposing Jesus and don't want Jesus and don't like Jesus and don't care what Jesus has to say. These are his people. He has a reputation in society. He's well known. And yet he falls at the feet of Jesus. He breaks rank from all the other religious people and he falls at the feet of Jesus and he begs him. He had a desperate situation. He was desperate for his daughter to be healed. He could not do anything on his own. He had come to the end of himself. His status didn't help him. His power didn't help him. His reputation didn't help him. He was desperate. He needed Jesus. And there was a humility in his heart that I can't fix my daughter, but maybe this man can. And so we see him approach Jesus in faith. And his request is simple. My daughter is facing death. Come now. I need you right now. Will you come with me? What are some of the things that you are facing right now? What are some of the things you're asking God to answer you today? Heal me today. I need money today. I need help today. We all face de desperate situations. Jairus asked Jesus and Jesus went with him. Yay. According to plan, Awesome. Jesus is doing what I want Jesus to do. This is good. Okay. Into the second person. Let's carry on in verse 25. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, 
but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. Here we see someone else with a different type of desperation. Jairus, we don't know much about his daughter, but we assume she was suddenly ill. Sudden storms. I'm sure we all face sudden storms. One day life is good and the next day, oh my word, what is going on? But this woman, this woman had been walking out a sickness for 12 years. She was weak. She had been to every single physician she could find and spent all the money that she had. She had done everything that was in her own human ability to do. And yet, she had not even not grown better, she had grown worse. This was a hopeless situation. But she heard, she heard about Jesus. There's someone that maybe if I can just go and touch him, he'll heal me. You see, not only was this woman sick, she was also considered unclean. So if you go to Leviticus 15, which we're not going to read right now, um, but basically the customs of the day were that anything she sat on, anything she lay on was considered unclean. And if someone else come and t- came and touched those things, they would be unclean. It was a knock-on effect. Don't touch her, don't be near her, because I too will be made unclean. Imagine what that must have done for her socially. No one wants to visit you for tea. No one wants to hug you. COVID was bad. We had five weeks of isolation. And we even had family with us, most of us. But this woman was in isolation for 12 years. And not only that, but she wasn't allowed to go to the temple. She couldn't even get to God to ask him to to heal her. She was sick, she was poor, she was alone, and she was hopeless, desperate. But she heard about Jesus. He can heal me. And what was her request? Sneak up behind him, don't let anybody see me, just touch the hem of his garment, be made well. That's all I want, I just want healing. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. So at first glance, it looks as if both these people, Jairus and this woman, Jesus has done exactly what they asked. Praise the Lord. Those are good praise the Lord moments when Jesus does exactly what we asked him to do. But then something else happened. Verses 29. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd around you. Everybody's touching you. Why do you say who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, nobody else had a clue. They were all just thronging Jesus. But the woman, she knew what had happened to her. She came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Jesus stopped. And I'm pretty sure that the response of this woman and the response of Jairus is exactly the same at exactly the same time. No, what are you doing? Don't stop. What are you doing, Jesus? 
What are you doing, Jesus? I think that's a question that we should maybe ask. Not what are you doing, Jesus? But what does the king want to do? What is the king busy working that you're unaware of? She didn't expect Jesus to stop, but he did. And he looked for her. He called her out. He asked for more. She had already approached him in faith, but he asked for more. Who is that? Who touched me? Step forward. I think she had a choice to make there. Do I just shrink back and like shrivel up and let the crowd just cover me? Or do I step forward? But she steps forward in fear and trembling. I asked myself, why in fear and trembling? Why was she afraid? For two reasons. Number one, she didn't ask Jesus to heal her. She stole the blessing. She just took it. She didn't face him face to face. She snuck up behind him and just grabbed it. <laughs> and number two, imagine the crowd that she had just walked through. They were all pressing up against each other, pressing up against Jesus. As she's going, fighting her way through the crowd, she's making all of those people unclean. And now she has to step forward and tell what happened. Maybe just a side note here. We should never let the people and the crowd, whether they are loved ones or whether they are no one to us, stop us from stepping forward to Jesus. We'll miss out on something big. What I really love about this story is that Jesus doesn't just, he knows what she's going through. He knows. Jesus knows everything. He knows that she has been sick, weak, lonely. This is hard for her. He doesn't just call her out and now expose her and make her vulnerable in front of everyone without strengthening her to do it. See, before Jesus says, who touched me, she felt in her body, I am healed. I am healed. She didn't need faith anymore. She had already received the healing. She knew this is no longer the story I've heard about Jesus. This is my story. Jesus has touched me. And so when she steps forward to face Jesus, she doesn't do it in her own strength. She steps forward knowing he did it. I'm healed. I'm whole. And that is Jesus for us, friends. He doesn't call us out to a place, come a little bit further, just have a bit of great, greater faith, just wait a little bit longer. But you do it. You muster up the strength. You figure it out. I'll be over here. When you get to me, I'll help you. No, no, no. He touches us. He strengthens us. He helps us. And that is the gospel at play, friends. We couldn't get to Jesus. We weren't allowed to face him legally. So he came and faced us. He came to us. He got involved in the messiness of our lives. Not only that, but he didn't just come to us. He paid the price. He went to the cross. He dealt with disease. He dealt with uncleanness. Uncleanness. He dealt with sin. He, he dealt with death. He dealt with everything. He paid the price. When he calls us to come with him, to come a little bit closer, to, to just go a little bit more, he's already sorted it out. We're already victorious. At this place, we just need to trust him. To step forward, say, Jesus, whatever you're doing, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if I like what you're doing. But whatever you're doing, I'm there. He strengthened her for it. And what did the king want to do? He restored her publicly. A woman who was, I don't know, maybe she was high up and had lost everything, or maybe she was just a nobody. We don't know that. But in front of all the people she had just made unclean, he lifts her up and he restores her dignity. 
He honors her in front of everyone. He blesses her. He tells her, go in peace. He stares at her face to face. See, sometimes we just want Jesus to come and heal our bodies, but Jesus wants to heal our hearts. And many times that is so much more important. That doesn't mean our bodies don't matter to him. It just means that he's not a king who's going to come and heal your body and forget about your heart. He wants to do something amazing in your life. It will cost you, but he will do something a lot bigger than you ever imagined. Just a quick question. Has anyone forgotten about Jairus? I wonder if Jairus felt like Jesus had forgotten about him. Let's carry on reading, verse 35. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people wailing and weeping loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and he went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talita kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. See, suddenly things did not go according to plan for Jairus. He had asked Jesus to come with him. Jesus had said yes. And here's Jairus pushing the crowds away. Move out of my way. I'm on urgent business. Jesus has to follow me and come and do what I asked him to do. And Jesus stops. Jesus stops. They didn't stop him. He chose to stop. And now Jairus has been faced with a reality that he truly wanted to avoid. Your daughter is dead. The situation is past what you thought it would go. Your expectations, everything you asked of Jesus has crumbled to the ground. He was too late. And here's something I think we can learn about trusting Jesus is that we don't just trust Jesus that he's able and we don't just trust Jesus that he's willing. We also have to trust Jesus that he will be on time. That what we see in part, he sees the big picture. He knows what he's doing. He knows what you need. He knows when you need it. And part of what we need to trust is that Jesus will not be late. And if he is late on our clock, that we will trust that he's not late on his clock, that he knows what he's doing. I love this, that we see it again, that immediately Jesus strengthens Jairus. He doesn't allow him to face this news on his own. He doesn't allow him um, to be confronted with, with death without hope from Jesus. He says to him, if you believe, if only, don't be afraid, only believe. I love Luke's account. It says this, don't be afraid, only believe she will be made well. 
He gives Jairus a promise. He gives him something to hold on to. Jairus, I've got this. I haven't forgotten you. I didn't lie to you. I am with you. She will be made well. But he still had to walk past, walk home, walk past the people who were mocking and laughing at Jesus, the person he's just put all of his faith in. He still had to walk up the stairs. He still had to face his wife. He still had to look at his dead daughter before he saw Jesus raise her from the dead. And so friends, we need to know (laughs) that we have a promise from Jesus because just because we have a promise doesn't mean that tomorrow we're gonna wake up and it's gonna happen. Sometimes a promise lasts many years. Sometimes a promise, (laughs) we've heard people who pray for spouses, for marriages, for people to come to salvation for decades. But if we don't have something to hold on to, if we're not hearing what is Jesus busy with, can I still trust Him? Does He still remember that I'm here? Does He still remember I have a need? Does He still love me? Does He still care about me? If we're not clinging to Jesus, we're gonna be listening to the other voices, which are don't bother the teacher anymore. He's got nothing for you. And I wonder how many people fall away out of the race of faith because they've believed the lies that Jesus has forgotten about them that he's not who they thought he was, that he can't do what he thought they could do, that he just maybe doesn't care enough to pitch up for them and to heal their daughter or to heal their disease. We're going to listen to one of the voices. We're either going to listen to the doubters or we're going to listen to the king. And the king has got something for you because the king will never shortchange us. He will never ask us for something and then not give us something so much better. See, friends, faith pleases Jesus. We can't approach Jesus if we don't have faith. We have to believe that He will reward those who seek Him. Faith pleases Jesus. Faith moves Jesus. Jesus, will you come with me? My daughter's dead. Yes, I'll go. What faith that He had to approach Jesus. Faith touches Jesus. Where all the crowds were thronging about Jesus, He stopped for one. But what faith doesn't do is it doesn't force Jesus to do what we asked him to do. Faith is not the magic word we ask when we want our circumstances to be dealt with exactly the way we think that they should be dealt with. And that is, that is hard. <laughs> That's not easy when we can see this is just such a quick fix, Jesus. We just lay our hands and she'll be healed. Faith is trusting that the King is good, that the King loves you, that the King knows what you need, when you need it, And sometimes the king will say no. And that in that moment, he still loves you and he's still good. And he will still bring life after death because that's the God that we serve. And so this morning, I wanna ask you not to just move out of the way and let Jesus do what he wants to do. This morning, I wanna ask you, will you grab hold of the character and the nature of our king? that left heaven to sort out not just our circumstances, but our hearts. Will you grab hold of him and say, Jesus, I don't know, I don't understand, I'm not sure, I can't see what you're busy with right now, but I trust you and I'm gonna cling to your promises. So friends, I'm not sure what you're facing today, but Jesus knows. 
And I wanna encourage you, we're gonna take a moment just to sing a song, just to respond to Jesus. And I really wanna encourage you that whatever it is, that you will hold it up next to Jesus and, and just ask Him, Jesus, give me a promise. Just experience that, that there are some of you that you're on this walk of life, whatever you're going through now, hear the story about Jairus and about about this woman with a cell condition and you hear what Kate says and Jesus stopped what you're experiencing in your heart right now is Jesus I need you to stop I need you to stop and if there's anything about that that, that's talking to you in your heart now there are circumstances there's a condition there's a problem, there's something and you need Jesus to just stop and hear you right now. I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. You're feeling hopeless this morning. It feels to you as if Jesus has just been going and not hearing you. You want him to stop and hear you this morning. Just raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to do something else. I'm going to ask you to do what part of what Jairus did and what this woman was, and, and that is to, to take a step in faith, and that is to, to come forward because we want to pray for you. So if you raised your hand and you want Jesus to stop, this is not manipulation, this is not trying to deserve something. This is just us coming together as a family. All of us with our things that we're going through, that the mess that we're involved in, we want to come around each other. So if that's you, you say, I want to say, Jesus, please just stop. Will you stand still with me to come forward? And I want to do a second thing. And it's easy. I can ask the elders or the leaders or whoever in the church to say, come and stand with these people. But there are some of you that have never prayed with somebody or have stepped out and come and support somebody in the front and you're quite comfortable with that and that's okay. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge some of you this morning that has not done something like this. I want somebody to pray with every person that has come forward this morning so if that's you if you've never stepped out like that I want to ask you to come forward and find somebody that you're going to pray with this morning please come out be bold this is a great opportunity it's not difficult it's simply simply us helping each other so please come forward I want everybody that's standing in front that is asking Jesus to stop to have somebody with them come forward your hands on their shoulders, pick somebody. You don't have to know exactly what they're going through. 
They don't have to tell you exactly what they're going through. They don't have to tell you exactly why they need Jesus to stop because you've got the Holy Spirit in you. So I'm going to ask you now to just lean forward a little bit so that they can hear your voice in their ears. And I want you to pray for them right now. We're going to trust that God is going to help you to allow you to pray for them exactly what they need to hear. You don't have to be afraid. So let's start now, family. Let's pray for these people. The rest of you that are in the back, just stick out your hands, raise your hands, let's come together. you know every heart you know every need you know every desire and that we can just always always reach out to you I pray Father that, that today in this place um, at this moment will be known as a significant moment a moment and a time and a place where where we saw you touch lives and heal and bring breakthrough and, uh, and bring life. This is what I speak over every need. I speak your life. Thank you that we can ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, family, you can remain standing. Um, as I told Ethan just now, I have a very stupid idea, so I'm going to keep it short. My, um, my late wife used to compare me with a chicken. She said, we always had a egg to lay always had an opinion in the end um, so I have got my two cents so sometimes Jesus doesn't heal sometimes you plead and you ask and you 
pray and you trust and you take all that words, all that scriptures and all that prophetic words and, and your wife dies and your life is shattered. And what then? And what then? And then, and then you sat with your pastor friend months after and you try to make sense of it all and you and you have a discussion about why don't you walk away from the faith if this Jesus that made these promises is not healed if your world is upside down if you cry yourself to sleep for months on a row it's because it's a simple answer I've served this king, I've walked with him, I've known him for so long. He is more real to me than this table or the carpet I'm standing on. I've known him as my savior, my lord and my friend. I spent my life with him. And just because somebody disappoints you, it doesn't mean they stop to exist. Just because he doesn't come through, he's still the king. And it changes nothing over years. It changes nothing about His love for us. And then you start to heal and He comes through and He does a work in your heart and He walks with you. And I'm not going to spend any more time on this. I'm going to ask you this one question. I'm going to tell you this one thing, this one opinion I have on this message. As I hope and I pray that that should this happen? Should he not come through? Should your life shatter? I hope that you've been walking with him so closely in such a deep bonded relationship that it will not even be an option to turn away because he is still good. Yes, he is still good. And I can see it every day. I see it in my life. I see it in the life of my children. That God is good. Father, thank you that you're good. Thank you for this service. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are you, you are. You are this king. You are this, you're this unexpected king. You're the king of the universe. You are the true and only Son of God. You are our friend, our brother, our counselor. And, um, and that you are good. And that you love us. And that you bless us and care for us. And that when we go through the difficulties, you are there. And you are right there with us. You walk with us and you never leave us alone. My prayer is that as we walk out of here, whatever the outcome is in whatever situation, if it is the one we want, if it's the one we do not want, that on top of it all, you will be so real in relationship with us. That in the heartache and in the joy, we will continue to turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
take your family. Um, please don't run away. Please join us outside. We're going to have a coffee together. Talk to somebody that you don't know. Reach out to somebody that you don't know. And have a great Sunday.